Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The whole point of coming to this earth as a human in a body is that we get to fuck up, make mistakes and learn and grow. And I really think the whole point of our existence is to learn and grow. Hello and welcome to the Should I Delete That podcast. I'm Em Clarkson. And I'm Alex Light. Never not satisfying. I know, so satisfying. It's so newsreadery. I love it. Like, uh, on TikTok, if you... Get me a two-piece. <laughs> yeah. On TikTok, the newsreader... Um, well, you know I, I love newsreader TikTok. And it's just so satisfying to hear people speak in that voice. I'm living on Toto Talk, but more broadly, F1 TikTok. Oh. It's the best place on the internet. Between that and the sunshine, oh. that's my good. I just... When I'm inside, I'm looking at F1 Talk. And when I'm outside... There's daffodils and sunshine. This life does not get better than this for me, personally. You're thriving. I am thriving. Slow-mo shots of drivers shaking their champagne bottles and winking at the camera. I mean, it's literally (laughs) what I was born for. Like, oh my God. I am so deep in the wormhole that is Max Max Verstappen's childhood. I feel so sorry for him. Do you? Are you kidding? He's no, I don't know like, anything about him. Oh my God. Okay, this is so boring for anyone that doesn't care. It's super. I'll send you some stuff. His dad's so mean. So oh, mean. Does that explain it's how like, he is now? Yeah. Okay, okay. It's so sad. Anyway, okay, they've really see they're pulling at my heart. So you're in the wrong TikTok. I'm going to get you in my TikTok. Every bad person has a backstory, right? Unless uh, you're a psychopath. Yeah, it's the, it's the villain origin story. Yeah. And like, you've Aww. seen the Putin one, haven't you? Like, it's the, the there's that montage of every time that Vladimir Putin's gone to shake hands with someone and they've left him hanging. Like, that <laughs> is his villain origin story. Like, he's just been just been embarrassed enough times and he's just gone, like, apocalyptic with his rage. That, I mean, that is devastating. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, is it devastating enough to wage war and... I don't know, Em. <laughs> Being left hanging is very painful and very mortifying. <laughs> oh God, I'm so happy that I'm out of my handshaking era. I seem not. I seem to just. I seem to just go for the hug quick enough that I blindside everybody. Bam. Got yeah, well, I'm, yeah. That the, the, do you know what? That's a good method, actually. Yeah, That's a good way to it. go. Don't give. Don't leave anything up to chance or to no. anyone else. No, 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 no. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> What's good, please, this week for you? 
Um, my, my good is to do with TikTok. Um, I am obsessed with rich people on TikTok. There is a whole <laughs> side of TikTok to just dedicated to rich people, like showing their rich lives and it is insane like, like I was th- really rich unbelievably rich like this girl was like oh I just thought I popped a Courchevel for the weekend on her private jet on her parents private jet she was like oh we get a um we get a helicopter from the airport to the resort because it's the fastest way oh my god so it's like the rich kids of TikTok yes right and then I've written down yeah. I've written down what she bought for her dog for her birthday. Okay, you ready? Is Betty in the room before you read this out? No, of course not. My God, she'd be devo. Because I'm not being funny. We all remember that for Christmas Dave got you a packet of quavers. I think that should be fresh in everyone's mind before you read this out. And quilted toilet roll on a quiche. But yes, Sorry, yeah, also <laughs> an off quiche. Um, for her dog's birthday, she bought him two Montclair jackets, a Diamante... Mew Mew Harness, <laughs> a gold Prada collar, and two Gucci sweaters. I mean, that's never been more apt. Look, I once bought a, a Swarovski crystal collar, and I don't want to talk about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was so tacky. Um, oh my God, that's gross. <laughs> it was, it, oh my God, you did not know her in that era. She glittered. It was fantastic. It was orange and sparkly. It was awful. Um, oh my God, two Montclair jackets. Two that's Montclair got, jackets. I mean, theoretically, obviously, Montclair do make jackets for dogs. They, and they must, can confirm the, the they do. The designers must have been like, surely not. No one's fucking stupid enough <laughs> to buy this. And then the day the first sale came in, they were like, oh my God, she's bought two. <laughs> she's bought two. <laughs> it is no out- way. <laughs> outrageous what people spend oh, their iconic. money on it's, i mean no judgment it ins- but it is outrageous no judgment but we are judging you massively so much judgment <laughs> like it's a dog jacket at the end of the day like, honestly like boa oh boa could never she just rock i mean i'm betty could no. never no oh, they, God, they would treat no. it with absolutely zero respect and you know what i would respect them for that because they'd be like we're yeah. dogs stupid fucking idiot <laughs> yes <laughs> we don't care to have a fucking Montclair jacket we don't care for a, Montclair <laughs> a Diamante Mew Mew harness that's what got me the most honestly I was just like and also it wasn't a dog that like fit a Diamante Mew Mew harness it's like a is it not a chihuahua no no oh. he was like oh. a, like a, I want to say like a Frenchie but maybe like a posher no version of a Frenchie no amount of Diamante is gonna make that you know yeah it didn't work it didn't work no it didn't work. They're not bougie dogs, they're too snotty to be bougie. Mm, They're good characters, but they're not like PJ Mm. dogs. PJ private jet, that's... What's like the most expensive dog breed? Because that's what she should have had. I want to say like a chow chow. Probably if... Frenchies are expensive, aren't they? Oh my god, they are really expensive. Samoyeds, chow chows, bulldogs, rottweilers are expensive. Masty... Yeah. There you go, anyway... So that's my good, is that it is, it is giving me a pure escapism and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's outrageous and it's quite gross, but it's also escapism at its finest. What's your good? Oh, you've done your good. Yeah, I've done my good, but I have another good which, which bred my awkward. So I went to go and have my mummy MOT this week, which is basically where yes. a... I can't recommend it enough to anyone that's had a baby, but um, 
I mean, it should be free on the NHS, but don't get me started. Well, it should be free. It just should be available. It should be more readily accessible. It's mad. Anyway, they go and they basically look at your pelvic floor, look at if you've had a cesarean scar, they look at that area, they look at your abs and see how, like, they're doing. Because, like, like, my abs on the bottom have come back together, but my abs on the top haven't. So I've got, like, physio to, like, bring them back together. I've got, like, stuff to be doing to massage my scar because I've got quite a lot of scar tissue. So... Like, there's, and there's loads of options, which is so good, actually, because I totally, you know, after your six-week appointment, Pete, you're like, okay, bye, with the doctor, and then you're just kind of like, yeah. well, this is me now. Um, and, like, no biggie, and particularly from an aesthetic standpoint, I was like, well, you know, I've just had a baby, so what do I expect? But there is a bit of my scar that I was like, it's a kind of, like, odd um, distribution of, like, skin and fat, and right. that's just, like, how it is now. But she, I was talking to her, and she's like, no, you have options. You can have, like, a lymphatic treatment to, like, kind of break up the scar tissue, and, like... So it was really good. Like, I really liked it. Amazing. Um, as part of the experience... Oh, also, I can go running in three weeks, so... Ah! Um, oh, but anyway, um, so good. But they... Um, as, part of the, as part of the experience, they test your pelvic floor. Now, I yeah. don't want to show off, listeners, but my pelvic floor is currently testing a four out of five, which oh, I was... Wow. I know, I was pretty, pretty chuffed with. <laughs> She's pushing me for five out of five, and I'm just like, look, I'm never... I'm a four out of five girl through and through. Like, I yeah. I don't hear four out of five and think I must get to five out of five. I think, no. oh, I've got wiggle room here. Like, <laughs> like this could be so much worse. So I am not doing great. But as, as part of the testing process, she gets her little finger, not her little finger, she gets her index finger with a oh, glove on. Go on. Well, we go up. Yeah. <laughs> She's a really nice woman. Like, I had a really nice time with her. <laughs> but it goes up, right? And she's like, I'm tense. No, no, no. Actually, the worst bit is, is she goes, you're lying on the bed, legs up, fanny out, butthole out. And she looks, she goes at the end of the bed and she just looks and she goes, okay, can you just make the motion that you're holding in a fart? And she's at the end of the bed and she's just watching my butthole go dry at the end of the bed. I was like, okay. So let's do that 10 times. And then she puts the finger in and she's like, and same oh. again. And then, and she's like, and hold. So oh, you have to like, tense around her finger and hold. And then she's like, okay, and double time. So you're like, and tense and tense and tense and tense. <laughs> <laughs> inside you. And it's like, oh, cool. Um, it's just so intimate. Literally, um, yeah, I'm fine about it, but um, it was just quite a lot. It's quite, and this and hold, and then you're like, What do you talk about while you're like gripping her finger with your fanny? Basically, that is intimate. Can intimate. you ask her to do that part, especially if you've had no. a C section? Can you just say, Can we skip well, that part? Well, I did part? say, I was like, Look, it didn't, I was like, Nothing, this should be fine. Like, yeah. I didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't come down here. But um, she's like, yeah, but you still had a baby sitting on your pelvic floor for nine months. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, is it? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like unless you're having problems with it, like I'd rather not, you know? Well, (laughs) I'm not having problems, but I was... you know, famously, I have a massive bladder. It was actually commented on by the woman who did the first ultrasound when I was pregnant. She said, you have a massive bladder. I was like, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I've got a huge bladder. My mum always said I've got a bladder like a camel. I can go fucking hours without weighing. Um, recently, when I've got to go, I've got to go. And that's new to me. I could always hold it forever. Oh. And I still can hold it. 
but with less ease and comfort than before. Right. So I was like, you know what? I want to get back to my camel-like status. So you need to, you need a five out of five. You've got work. You've got work to do. While we're here, my final awkward. This would probably be my bad. Is um. I- you didn't end up farting did you end up farting i I didn't no no no. it's okay this is worse (laughs) i brought my homework home and i have to do my cesarean scar massage and you just have to like rub around the scar to like break all the muscle down and alex woke up yesterday morning and looked over at me and he was like are you masturbating oh my god (laughs) (laughs) massaging my cesarean scar Like he lifted his little eye mask and he's like, "Masturbate till six thirty in the morning." It probably it looks exactly like that as well. You're like, <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. That's so good. So yeah, no, just do the physio. Brilliant. Um, yeah, okay. so, some orchids have been bred. <laughs> oh, that is a that is an incredibly good awkward. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine him like, like <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> uh, amazing. Enjoyed that very much. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Em. He was very supportive. He's like, it's all right if you are. I was like, It's natural. It's not on the top of the new mother's to-do list if I'm on the I was going to say. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, probably not the inclination right now. But no. okay. No. <laughs> but I appreciate your enthusiasm, Alex. Yeah, and your acceptance. Thanks very yeah. much. <laughs> well, I mean, my awkward's going to pale, pale in comparison now. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not because it was it was genuinely fucking mortifying. Oh, so, no, what did you do? So you're going out the house, my like, you're doing like real life awkwards. What did you do? Yeah, yeah, this this is a, a real life out the house awkward. Um, other people public people awkward so I often go to nursery to pick up my nephew but with my sister like I go in with her and he doesn't take any notice of me he's just like mommy 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 like he's just so happy to see her like runs up to her and it's like really sweet and I often go with her um this time I was like let me go in Jen let me go in to get him because he loves me now so like I know that if you're not there he'll be like ah Alex and I was like, please just let me go and go and this go and get him. This is the bravest thing I've ever heard, Al. I there is nothing more vulnerable that a human being can do than expecting than than than, than wanting love from a toddler. It's yes. desperate and it's sad and it normally ends in tears for the adult. That's all I know before you tell the story. Exactly, but keep that keep that well in mind, right? We. We walk in and I was like, you stay there, please, just let me. Because he does love me now. Like, we do, we, we have like a really nice little relationship now. So I knew he was going to be excited to see me, like a familiar face. And he was. Like, I walked into the room with all these, tod- with, you know, with all these toddlers and all these um, workers. There's like one nursery staff per three toddlers. It's like 
I mean, I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. But anyway, there's lots of them. There's lots of people in the room. There's lots of human bodies in the room. There's lots of people to witness this interaction. He looks at me and he, his face lights up. Alex! Okay? So mm-hmm. I go, Louie! I kneel down. I outstretch my arms. And he runs. And he runs straight past me because it's Genevieve, my sti- my stupid sister, had like <laughs> poked her head round to check on what was going on. And he'd seen her and he ran straight towards her. So I am left oh in the God. middle of the room, bent down, knelt down, arms outstretched while he legs it past me. I was like, I die. I feel horrendous. I just, I stood straight. I like, I snapped up. Like I've never stood up so fast in my fucking life. I just like walked towards the door and I was like, Jen, I'm going, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here right now. Fuck I'm you, not Jen. like staying fuck around for this as well. a- aftermath. Yeah, fuck you. I was like, you had to do it, didn't you? You couldn't just give me my moment. <laughs> oh my God. That is, de- Alex, I have honestly never heard bravery like it. If I could give you a medal, I would. You have, there's I've my lesson. one of kid life. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry it took you so long to learn it. I learned it young and I'm grateful oh. for it. Because if you try, kids can smell desperation. You have to be like a cat. You have to implement the cat method with a kid. Note, I'm not doing it with my own daughter, but with other people's kids, (laughs) you have to just not give a shit. Make them come to you. Make them want you. Like you can't, you can't just be desperate. They they see straight through that. You know me quite well, and so you know that that's not my vibe. No, 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 it's not. But I find it to be incredibly effective. I'm not the Pied Piper for children, because I've got an air of like, we could have a nice time. Indifference. But that's on you to make us have a nice time. <laughs> Again, I'm not doing this with my own kid. <laughs> just looking at them like, mm-hmm. I could take you or leave you. <laughs> I'm not doing that with that. With her, I'm desperate. Well, it's tragic. I'm like, love me. Oh, she smiles so yes. wide. She's just started smiling, which is a real treat, but she's oh. really, she smiles a lot for Alex. <laughs> oh. Love that for them. Oh, oh, That's all right. that hurts. It's okay. It's. I think genuinely there's a level of instinct when it's your mother because they can smell, she smells food on me. So the first yeah. instinct with me is like, eat her. Whereas with Alex, it's like, yeah. love him. Have you got anything bad? I mean, that nursery thing is pretty bad. That's about as bad as it gets. My bad, very, very quick. Like I just keep buying books that I want to read and they keep stacking up. And now I have next to my bedside table. Dave the other day was like, should we take a look at this? I've got 19 books stacked on my bedside table in two stacks, 19 books. And that that is not that bad. My to read pile is, as far as I can count, probably about 50 or 60 Yeah, but in two weeks time, they'll be read. Arlo is slowing me down, but I hear you. (laughs) You get my point. You get my point. I do. So why don't you take yourself? I can't. 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 Okay. Fuck. It's not a bad that can be resolved (laughs) apart from potentially just burning them and put them in a box. You know. So I'm incapable of reading and it pisses me off. That's my bad. Have you got a bad? I lost a big deal this week. Work deal, which is crushing. And it's okay. But I was just like, you know what? We always like we 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 talk as if we don't have jobs um, on this podcast. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I lost I lost a work deal, which is a bit like, but it's fine. You know, like these things happen. Yeah, Yeah, it's fine. 
but like yeah, it was a big yeah. deal. I was really excited about it. Told all my friends, and then it's embarrassing because it's not happening. <laughs> but oh, like, that's, that's yeah, nice. most fine. I was like, oh, congratulations! I'm like, never mind. Did you have to do like yeah. a take back tour? <laughs> Pretty much. I haven't told my mum yet. You know what I told yeah, you about? Yeah, no, my mum's gonna be absolutely gutted because she was so proud of me, and now I'm gonna be like. Oh, not happening um but i haven't told oh. it yet <laughs> so that'll be my awkward <laughs> next week probably lol oh no. i'm sorry that shit it's okay um but oh the today's episode so it's about holiday by the way happy happy easter monday um yes and um today's guest is the formidable oh i like she's such an oxymoron because she's so formidable but she's also so fucking lovely um today ladies, ladies and ladies because i don't think we have any gents today ladies <laughs> and ladies we have Megan Rose Lane. Hi. Hello. Hi, Thank you so much for coming. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I've been waiting for this moment. I was like, they're going to ask me soon. Surely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I really want to go on the podcast. Oh, we're so happy that you said yes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm like, everyone that has ever watched one of my Instagram stories knows that I'm like your biggest fan because I just share. I know you do. I'm so Share grateful. all your shit all the time because I just love Thank it. You. Thank you. And I'm so you. excited that you're here to talk to us today. We were just talking about what we were going to talk about because yeah. there's so many layers to you and your journey and like yeah. what you share online but my favorite thing that you make me do is reflect on myself and my behavior and my like how I judge the world around me and the people around me and I like I've learned so much from you and I I'm hoping that that's what we can talk about today yeah, um, yeah. and helping people like I don't know like forgive the bits of themselves that aren't the kindest parts and like move on in a in a kinder and more peaceful way yeah because when I look at your life I just think well that looks peaceful so peaceful (laughs) I think that's the one thing that like I learned was that with the shadow work which is what we're really talking about there it's like looking at the shadow the shadow self the part of us that acts out of fear the part of us that does things that can be a bit catty or they can be passive aggressive or there's a side of us that's a bit like snaky or whatever or mean or I think it's understanding that that part of us comes from a hurt place, always. It comes from pain. It doesn't come from love. It doesn't come from being in your power. And actually, it's so easy to see that in other people. It's so easy to point the finger and say, oh, she's X, Y, Z, and she's that, and she's got this about her, and ew. And then completely ignore the fact that even calling that out in someone is your own shadow. You know, and, and ignoring the fact that you have behaviors. If you went and looked in the mirror and, and or you watched yourself throughout the day, like the things you say, the way you show up, the things you say about people, can you actually sit and be with that? The discomfort of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not easy to sit and go, oh my God, I just said that. That was really bitchy. And then to own that and accept that you just said something really bitchy, like that's hard. Mm. It's hard. And a lot of people won't do it because it's too painful for them to look at. And underneath that, bitchiness or that passive aggressiveness or the whatever it is the shaming of someone else or the jealousy or whatever there is a part of us that just wants to be loved and isn't hasn't been loved and for some reason at some point in our childhood or even when we're older the shadow can form at all times but a lot of it comes from childhood and it's like the moments in childhood where you were told like you're not good enough stop doing that sit down shut up put it away like nobody wants to hear you nobody wants to see you and there's parts of our character that as children we are so free and open and expressive and we don't care what anyone else thinks because we've never we've never known otherwise we've never been told that we're not good enough so 
we start being told that's not good enough and that's not lovable. And if you act like that, you can't be here. Mm. And those parts of us, it's really painful that those parts of us go into the shadow. And when we hide those parts of us and keep them in the shadow, and I always say that it's like a cupboard in the back of like your mind where you keep the parts of yourself that you don't think are lovable. So you don't show them to the world um, out of fear of rejection. And that rejection is rooted in fear of, well, it's survival basically, because back in the day we needed to, to be liked and to be loved to survive in, in, in our group. So, but we don't need that anymore. We don't have that anymore, but it's still that instinct deep within us. And um, it's recognizing that when I, I think that's the, that's the piece of it, right? It's the, the peaceful part is recognizing that my shadow parts and your shadow parts and anyone else's shadow parts comes from a place of this part of me isn't welcome. And so it start, it's not lovable and it's not accepted. So it starts to act out of fear and that can show up in different ways. So at its like simplest form, if mm. you were thinking about sh- this like shadow work yeah. and if you're like completely new to the idea of it, mm. would it be this idea that the parts of yourself that you can't love will be the parts of other people that you don't like? Yeah. And that you're like, like that you would have an issue with. Like I would have 1,000%. an issue with you for being actually like thinking back to like all of what you're saying there and we start before we were recording we talked about how much of this is linked to patriarchal stuff but the amount of teenage like the the rhetoric surrounding teenage girls is all the time that we're being that we're bitchy and like you're bitchy Mm -hmm. and you're bitchy and oh girls it's so complicated it's always so complicated having a relationship teenage girls because they're bitching and bitching but I wonder how much of that actually comes from the fact that teenage girls have been forced into the shadows so much that then they become their meanest we become the meanest versions of ourselves because we're projecting all of this shit that we picked up in childhood that boys didn't have 1000% and everything is a mirror right everything is a mirror when you point something out in someone it might not be as clear to see what it is it might need some digging it's not always as clear as oh you're calling her um you know, you're saying that she's too confident and it's because you don't have any confidence because that person might have confidence, but that might there might be something deeper, but it's always a mirror. What you see in others is what's happening within you. You know when someone insults you and you know it's not true. It doesn't, it doesn't even scratch the surface. Like if someone came and called you a name and you were like, mm, someone came and called you selfish and you know you're not selfish, you won't get triggered because the, the mirror that they're holding up to you doesn't reflect what's happening inside you. So you go, whatever, that doesn't like because it's not, there's nothing being activated within you that says that's true, right? So everything is a mirror. And I think on that topic of teenage girls, yeah, that's like a cultural shadow. It's like, we're taught from such a young age to shut up, sit down, be quiet, be modest, be calm, be like, whatever it is, like to be more attractive, to be, oh, I don't even know. There's just so much, isn't there? Small, small, like, Shrink yourself. And that shadow, well, it's oppression. That's oppression. It's telling someone, don't be your full self, right? The part of us that doesn't feel seen, heard, and doesn't have permission to be in its fullness goes into the shadow. And then, yeah, of course, we start to act out in ways that unconsciously we don't understand. And that's why women have turned on each other because there is the the sister wound the sister wound of we're all against each other because there's no space for us in the world. Like the men have all the power. The men have all the space. They have all of, they they can have what they want. They can get to the top. They have all the spaces at the top. There's so few spaces left for women at the top. So let's turn on each other and fight for that. And that's very shadowy, very shadowy. And the healing begins 
inside all of us. It's not in pointing at that other woman and saying, you need to change and be different and shrink yourself to make me feel better. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Shut everything else out. What's going on in here? Mm. Like on a deep level. Yeah. She listened to a talk for like 45 I know, minutes. I know. And it's so, because I mean, I have a I have a quote on my camera roll. Save to my camera roll. One of your quotes. And Al never says anything to her camera roll. She's only ever got like 15 images. You're not a screenshot. I'm extremely picky <laughs> about what lives on my camera roll. I'm so honoured. Thank you. But this quote I'm not, lives I've on my like camera roll. I've got 147,000 photos. But That's embarrassing. <laughs> you should be ashamed. They're mostly all Americans as well. <laughs> Um, and it was this quote, the discomfort we feel when we see another woman dancing, singing, expressing herself, walking confidently, crying, sharing her t- truth, making money, loving herself. It belongs to us. Our discomfort is not a demand for her to be smaller. It's a call for us to heal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most special quotes that I've ever come across. Yeah. And that's been so beautiful. It really sums up my journey. And I think as well, that was a big realization for me in my last relationship when I had really bad jealousy. Like it, it yeah. just tore me apart I would cry in bed if he was out and about and like at an event especially like a fitness event where there was the women the kind of women that I compared myself to that that fed my eating disorder all of that really shadowy stuff um you know I would I would literally sit in bed crying my eyes out and it would be all about the women it wasn't about him it was about the women it was about they're better than me they're more lovable than me like he's gonna leave me for one of them and then I'm gonna have no worth and I'm gonna be left alone for the rest of my life like it was this really really deep fear and eventually I had to go and look in the mirror and say this is not about those women they're doing nothing wrong they're just existing how did you get to that though like how do you get from sitting in because I think jealousy is something that we don't admit to feel I think jealousy is a really horrible um talked about in a really horrible way because it's so normal and it's so like you say like it's it's the I mean it's the mirror thing again right yeah but it's something that so many of us can't help jealousy and and it's all it's generally through a a smallness in us that we feel jealous of someone else which is a sad thing yeah and Mm. yet we treat jealousy like it's a really mean thing like when we talk about jealousy it's like it's so mean it's yeah like be better than that and we don't have a lot of compassion for anybody who feels jealous. And that's it. It's the compassion. That's, but how that's did the missing you piece. find it? Because we don't talk about jealousy compassionately at all. We the, the trope we have around jealousy is like, she's mad. Like this toxic woman, she's like... Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, this, yeah, like a psycho. psycho or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where compassion is the, is the piece needed for all the shadow work. You cannot shame the shadow. If you shame the shadow, the shadow goes further into the shadow, right? The parts of you that don't feel loved are in the shadow because they don't feel loved. Now pile shame on top of that lack of love and what happens, the shadow gets, it goes, that part of you will go deeper into shame, shadow. Like shame thrives in secrecy, right? So it's like, I just want to hide more and more and more. So if, if somebody is being jealous and then you judge them for that jealousy and you call them a psycho, then that part of them can't heal. It can't be brought into the light. The point of shadow work is that we take the part of us that hurts, the the part of us that's jealous. Yes, shadow behaviors can be seen as negative and catty and whatever else you want you want to call them, shameful. But they come and this is the the key part, they come from a wounded place. So seeing beyond the the action, the symptom of the shadow and go into the core wound of the shadow that's when you find compassion because you go, holy fuck, that person is desperate for love and they weren't given it in childhood and they weren't taught how to love themselves and they need it. And it's acting out in jealousy and psycho behavior or whatever 
And I was in that relationship, I was hysterical. And I remember someone saying to me, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And I remember thinking, this goes way back. This is way more, this is, this is about way more than my ex, my boyfriend at the time being at a fitness event surrounded by women who go to the gym. That is the most surface level, like symptom of this historical issue. And it's making me hysterical because I don't know what the fuck's going on. Why do I feel this way? Piling shame on myself. I should be doing better than this. I shouldn't be this jealous. Like, how can I, the confusion of it all. It wasn't until I addressed the historical part and went, okay, where the fuck did I learn this? Like, why is this, why is this happening? What's the wound? And that is when you say like, how did you get there? It's like the willingness to, first of all, drop the self-judgment look at it objectively and say, I am acting in X, Y, Z way. It's creating a lot of chaos in my life. I don't want to be this way anymore. What do I need to go back and heal with so much compassion and patience and understanding for myself so that I can move through this? Because shaming myself, putting myself down, calling myself a psycho and stay is keeping me in this loop, is keeping me in the chaos. And I want to be out of it. I want peace. I want to, I just want to feel peace. And it was that desperation they say that like the real change in life happens when you get so sick of your own shit that it's like, there's no other way. Like you, you have to go in and do the work. And that was it. Like I started to hire coaches. I started to look on YouTube videos. Like, why am I acting in this way? What, what can I do to heal this? And I started doing meditations and I started doing inner child work and I started doing inner child work. And I found this little child within me who was like six years old that felt so ashamed and and lost and unlovable and I was like I had to go back and like sit with her in meditation and be like hey babe like I am so sorry that you felt this way for so long and I've not I've not come back for you and that's the thing with the shadow it's um inner child work is one of the main ways to do shadow work and essentially what you're doing is you're going back and saving yourself because no one's going to come and do it for you no one's going to wave a magic wand and and take all of those feelings away that jealousy away those triggers away you have to go, take responsibility, go back in time, go within and say, what part of me needs me? And then if you think about the shadow in that metaphorical way of like all of the parts of you that feel lost and abandoned are in this cupboard, you go back over time and you take each piece out and you love it back into the light. And that's why love and compassion is the key. It's like the, the key, the missing piece. And that's why the you know, like the, the, we were talking before about like when people are hateful towards you and like judgment, judgmental towards you, all of us know that feeling. It's horrible. And when you read things about yourself online that are so evil and nasty and cruel and they're lies and you sit there and I'm sure we've all felt this where you sit in bed and you just cry and you're like, this is so painful. It's because that little person inside you is like, this fucking sucks. Like I already don't feel lovable. And this person is drilling it home into me that I'm worthless and I'm a piece of shit. And you start to believe it and it hurts. We're human, it hurts. And the, the cure, the, the solution, the thing that breaks the cycle is you having, first of all, compassion for that part of you. And then that compassion, and I said this the other day on a quote, it was like, if you're gentle with yourself, you'll be gentle with others, right? that compassion that you have cultivated within yourself to give yourself room to be human, space to be, to fuck up, to make mistakes, to, to just fucking be a messy human who is stumbling through life, doing their best, right? When you have that grace for yourself within and that compassion for yourself within, it doesn't make their behavior acceptable, but you soften towards it. And that softening breaks the 
the cycle because you you get to have compassion for them as well and see that yes they're acting in wild and inexcusable ways a lot of the time but actually if you can have compassion for them you 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 actually end up with peace in your life mm. and that's where the peace comes from honestly yeah i think you've been a massive part of that for me like finding the peace finding and we talked about this in an episode the other day where it's like you just want to choose peace at some point and yeah. you you feel in like in your life there's like a million fires that that are going to be lit all around you at any given time yeah. and there's only so many you can put out mm-hmm. and there's only so much you can control and after a while whether it's for us like on a bigger scale it's like some you know trolling on the internet but for anybody who's being bullied, not even being bullied, just who's surrounded by toxicity or experiencing bullying or hurtful comments from people in their family or people at school or people yeah. at work, like you just get to a point where you just think, I can't keep all of this ang- anger and, and sadness and all of these tiring emotions here anymore. And I just want to choose peace. Yeah. And yeah, I think like exposure to your, well, your the gentleness quote, really was good for me like to to realize I was like oh my god yeah like these people aren't gentle with it and they have you have to feel sorry for them anybody who's got that much anger in them that they want to do this that they that they want to be negative I you have to pity them and that's so empowering it's so nice and then you can just be like oh god sorry for you yeah and then you can move on yeah. and you, it's not about you anymore yeah and that's yeah, such yeah. a relief yeah and also like I think that in a way it when I say it breaks the cycle as well like you're in your power and when you're in your power people tend to kind of fall away because they're not feeding off you as much do you know what I mean if you give them if if their shadow is coming at you and then you respond with your shadow side and it's like the shadow war like when you shadow when you soften that and you start to come at it come at them from that place of like compassion and peace and acceptance and and grace that it's very hard to for them to fight back against that, you know. It breaks the momentum, I guess. As it well. does, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the most powerful thing to realize that if you don't want chaos in your life, stop feeding it. Like, stop feeding it. Stop giving it all of your time and all of your energy. Um, and that's a that in itself is a process. It's like you have to almost like. Oh, there's so much that goes into that. There's boundaries. There's, there's, and you've been on that journey recently. I've watched you unfold from like it being this really painful thing and then you'll grow through it to now on the other side where you're like, oh, I get it and I've found myself in it and you actually grow quite a thick skin from it as well. Yeah, Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, I think you've been on that as well in a way. I think we both have, but like, yeah. In different ways, yeah. Yeah. I think your situation's been quite unique, but... (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> I think for me, the, the thing for me is that, it, and I don't know if it's, this is unique to me, but it takes a, a long time. It's a process, definitely. Yeah. It takes a long time to get to a place where, and actually going back to shadow work, I wanted to ask you for people who are struggling to harness that self-compassion because to suspend self-judgment, self-shame and yeah. self-loathing, which is which have been default modes for most of for a lot of us growing up, right? To to suspend all those things is really difficult. And do you have advice for people who are struggling with that? Do you think it's a it's a matter of like practice and uh, and time and and effort? Yeah. And I think as well, don't rush anything. Like I think once you are opened up to the world of shadow work and you open up to the world of, oh, wait, hang on a minute. There's a lot of pain and, and thing, fear in my life. And I get to actually get to know it, befriend it, understand it and move through it so I can access more love, more joy, more peace, more expansion. Right. And if you, I, I like to see life as almost like a game. Like it's like every time I shed another fear, another layer of fear, another layer of, of, like another block or another limitation or another idea about myself and the world that's been holding me back and keeping me small. Like I access more peace, more joy, more expansion. And I see life in that way. And I'm like, okay, let's keep peeling the layers back. The layers reveal themselves when they're ready. Like as you move through life, it's like, okay, here's another shadow aspect. It's not like, fuck, I'm broken. Let's go fix everything. Like you're not broken. There's nothing to fix. It's just appealing away. And I would say that I always say anyone who's starting out on any kind of like self, um, the journey of self-awareness, the journey of looking within instead of pointing the finger all the time and starting to actually take responsibility for yourself and your life. The, the first point of call is the inner judge. Now the shadow has many faces, many aspects that reveal themselves over time. The inner judge, I believe, is the most important one because if you don't do the work with your inner judge first, then you're going to do all the other work with the inner judge sitting there judging what you're doing. So it makes it harder. So if you can start your journey with compassion, this goal of like, I am going to become the most compassionate, open-minded, non-judgmental person towards myself. I'm going to give myself, I'm going to forgive myself for everything I've ever said, everything I've ever done, no matter how bad or nasty or awful it was. If you can start there, then it makes the rest of it so much easier because you don't have that judge through the whole journey. Because I suppose that judge is probably saying, well, you, like, you don't deserve this. Yeah. You don't. And even if you're trying to be, and I think you actually made a really good point in that post that you did about um, people who are gentle with um, themselves are gentle with others and people that are hateful or hurtful to themselves are hurtful to others. But you specified in the caption that that's not always the case. Yeah, because people a got lot a bit upset people, by that. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I mean, it's true for the most part. Like if yeah, somebody's being horrible, it's yeah. probably because they're being horrible to themselves. Like, yeah. But the other thing like that you pointed out in the caption is that you can be, some of the people who are the meanest to themselves are the loveliest to other people. But I guess that it's, that's, almost harder to forgive yourself if you're being so nice to everybody else because you I think a lot of people 
and there are some tr- like really wonderful people in this world that and it, who are the nicest people I know who it kills me that they can't be nice they can't afford themselves the same grace that they yeah. afford everybody else yeah and I guess that comes from the ju- the their their inner judgment yeah they've say they're not doing it it's like it's like they're protecting everybody else in their lives from this inner judge and they're taking yeah. the brunt of it I guess there's a martyr aspect to that too where it's like um, I did some shadow work on the martyr recently because I did. I wanted to come off Instagram for a while, and I was like, no, but Instagram needs me. <laughs> like I had this like this shadow of like I can't not be there because you know I've got to show up because I got to I've got to put wisdom out into the world or put my my passion out into the world, and people need it. And my coach was like, people don't fucking need it. Like stop trying to save everyone. You're not here to save everyone. And I think that there's we can look at different parts of the shadow and say, okay, this part of me feels worthy somehow get some kind of emotional payoff for giving everyone else all the love and leaving none for myself. And it's almost like this, well, if I'm empty and depleted and I've given all my love away, then I'm worthy at least. At least everybody else is happy. Yeah, it's like a self-flagellation. Yeah, you abandon yourself. And that's a sh- that's shadow. That's a shadow at work. Yeah. You know, you get to love everybody else and you also get to love yourself. That's the the healing piece. It's like, oh, actually, I deserve my own love. And actually, I can give more when I fill myself up first anyway. I was such a martyr. <laughs> yeah, and it's but it's so powerful to, to realize that and then move through it. Yeah. You know? And that's such a good, like, example in action of what you were saying before, that it's not like you can't just do everything at once and, like, peel everything no. away. And it's like... Oh, my God, you'd be so exhausted. Like, there's just know. no way to hold all of that. Yeah. It, you know, and that's why I always say as well, do it with someone, like get a coach or get professional help, get a therapist, like work with someone who's a specialist in shadow work. I have a shadow work coach called Jeff and he does, we do EFT, which is like this thing called emotional freedom technique. If you tried it, tap in. Yeah, yeah, I used to tap. And he, and I'll sit there and I'll tell him, okay, I did this shadowy thing. I don't know why I did it. Let's go into it. And he, he then, he's an absolute professional at finding the parts of the shadow and then he talks me through it through this EFT work and I'll be in floods of tears. Like I'll, I'll have tapped into a memory from when I was eight years old and I was being bullied and someone said something and, and my arm of my self-worth just blew up and I'll tap into that moment and I'll go into floods of tears. But I'll be releasing that emotion, that trauma, whatever happened in that moment from my body in that moment through, through the tapping. So that's why it's so important to have someone who knows what they're doing, holding the space, because a lot of it is rooted in trauma. And you need a trauma specialist to do that. So it's all good and well being like, oh, let's go and do some shadow work. And But if there's deep stuff that is really painful, like get definitely get support with it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think you kind of just answered a question that I wanted to ask you, which was, do you ever catch yourself saying like bitchy things now? Very rarely. And when I do, I call mm. myself out like that. Do you? Like literally... If something I say, I can even feel it before it comes out of my mouth. If there's something I say that's a bit like mean or oh, what I'm trying to think about, like, I don't know, my I'm, I'm, integrity is one of my strongest values. It's like practice what you preach. Um, but I also do know I'm a human and that those things can come up and there's always going to be little bits of, you can't get rid of the shadow. It's always going to be there. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely moments where I'm like, oh, that wasn't like me to say that. Oh, that, but that, that, the observation of it and then noticing it and being like, oh, I get to choose again now. I'm not going to say that again. That's the growth. That's the, that's the room that you give yourself to be human and to go, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Is the, is the idea of shadow work to banish the shadow entirely or is it more sort of like reintegrating it? With- that's it. 
Yeah, okay. It's a reintegration. I think, especially with e- people always say, like, I'll oh, kill the ego or whatever. And it's like, no, you don't want to kill the ego. We're not, we're not here right. to kill off parts of ourselves because that would just end up in more pain. Like, we are here to become whole. That means our light and our shadow, all of it gets to be loved. All of it gets to be seen. All of it gets to be acknowledged. And with the shadow work, what you're essentially doing is taking the parts of you that don't feel loved and you're not banishing them because that's the opposite of what they need. What they need is to be brought back into the light and say, you are so worthy. I know you've not acted in the, the you know, whatever ways or whatever these things that you've done or said or whatever. I forgive you. You were in pain. Let's let's just like come back into the light. Let's help you find that sense of self-worth again. And that's when you say that in, reintegrate, like that's what it is. It's an integration back into the self, the fullness of the self. So you become more whole. Because there's not parts of you everywhere. You don't have parts of you in the shadow and parts of you in the light and you don't wear masks to please different people and you don't feel like you have to show up as one person for them and another person for them in order to be safe. It's like, no, I am a whole package. This is all of me. I love all of me. I'm not perfect, but this is what you're going to get. And if they say I don't like that, then fine. And that's where the, the, the real true inner power comes in. It's like, it's okay. If people can't accept you in your wholeness, then they're not meant to be they're in your life. Your yeah. To talk about the ego, so like one of the greatest things that I've learned in my life is to stop leading with my ego. Yeah. To stop making everything about me because that I mean like I just I loved it. That's <laughs> what I did. The world um, yeah, me. literally. I can't help that. I'm <laughs> at the center. Um, but yeah, like I and and even it's something that I've I try to explain on Instagram when it comes up, but. I know you'll do it better than me, but it's this idea that like what other people say about you, it's what we're talking about before by the mirror, this, what other people say about you isn't your business or whatever. And for me, I realized that when I lead with my ego, everything that's said about me or said, yeah, said about me, I would be like, that's about me. But then you realize that actually things said about you aren't really about you. But I wonder like, can you explain how the ego works and like how you can still be proud of yourself and still have an ego because it's not a bad thing no it's not but how it can be detrimental when you lead with it yeah I think the ego has a time and a place and it's like the ego is for protection right so it comes in to protect and it's really useful if we didn't have one it's a bit you know you'd be a bit flimsy really it's like there is this there is a need for it and you can befriend it and you can be like yeah there's a time and a place and you know I like to say the ego and then there's the higher self. So like you lead from the higher self, your inner knowing of who you are, who you came here to be, your values, your integrity, everything is just, it's a very strong place to come from. And sometimes the ego has to step in and say, oh, fuck you, no fucking way, you know? And it's like, yeah, I just think it's really powerful to be able to, to befriend the ego rather than try and get rid of it. And as you were saying on the the internalizing of someone else's opinion and stuff I think again taking a step back and this is one thing that I learned to do if somebody's comment triggered me and then I internalized it then there was work to be done because something they've said feels true for me somewhere so why and I don't like it so why sometimes people can say something and it's feedback and it's criticism and even if they don't say it in the nicest way I've learned from them and been like oh wait a minute yeah that was Maybe I shouldn't have said that or done that. And that was actually, they've pointed out my shadow from their shadow, whatever. But like, if we're looking at within ourselves, it's like, oh, she's pointed something out in me that I don't like. Rather than being upset by it, can I go and do the work to figure out what that is and grow from it? 
And then it's also having the, I said this the other day on a podcast where it's like, the more you know yourself, the more protection you have from other people's opinions because that's, it's when you don't know yourself. So either they'll say something and you'll be like, oh, fuck, that's true, that hurts. Like, oh, I can be really selfish sometimes. And she just called me selfish and, oh, maybe I should be less selfish. And you start questioning everything, right? So you've internalized that opinion. Or they say something and you're like, oh, I don't know. Is that true? Because you don't know yourself well enough yet. Mm. You haven't sat with yourself or figured out who you are. That's and it's the painful like, bit, that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah am yeah. I? And it's just like big question mark of like, holy fuck, am I? Does everybody think that? That yeah. resonates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that resonates a lot. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because you can take one comment, even if it wasn't meant, even if it was a joke, like any passing thing and be like, and be, like you say, because of your own insecurity. And then that's like, haunting yeah like, but it, that's why it's really powerful to know yourself mm. and like getting to know yourself is just spending time with you and that's why I love meditation so much because the more I get to know myself the more I realize like at my core and this is a very spiritual way of looking at life but like who I am at my core is love like that's the that's the 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 kind of the core of me who I am and knowing myself and and then also just like knowing who you are behind closed doors right so if you presented yourself as one way online and then behind closed doors, you're a completely different person, then that is going to be triggering because you're like, oh shit, I'm not aligned or whatever. But if you know behind closed doors that you're kind to people, that you practice what you preach online, that you are just everything that you wish to embody in a person, the things that you value in a human, then people can come at you with all sorts of bullshit and you know it's projection. You know they're speaking from their pain. You know they're talking about themselves. Like, you know that because you know yourself and you go, your opinion does not align with my truth. And my truth is the truth because I know me. I spend time with me. I'm behind closed doors with me. You don't get to come onto an Instagram page or whatever and start telling yeah. me about who I am. I know who I am. Yeah. And that's the ultimate protection because it yeah. bounces off you. It's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so if you feel defensive about something, is that to you a sign of like, this is triggering something yep. in me? Always. Yeah. If I'm defensive yeah. and I get... Like, oh, I used to have this shadowy thing where I would block anyone who had a different opinion than me. <laughs> like, I was like, no. That's massive Aries energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally so Aries. <laughs> and I went deeper into it and I was like, I didn't feel heard as a child. I didn't feel understood. So when someone came to me with a different opinion, I didn't feel understood or, val or validated in my opinion and it hurt because I was like, you don't, you don't understand me. Don't tell me I'm wrong because that hurts because yeah. that's with my whole childhood. Everyone was like, I don't understand this child, mm. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. And I had to look at that and be like, I've got to stop blocking people when they don't agree with me. Like, that is not, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, I, yeah. I answer to that question, like I, if you get defensive, yeah. I always remember someone saying, and I wish I could remember who said this and where I heard it, but I can't. Someone said, run towards your triggers mm. because that teaches you everything. But it's so hard to run towards your triggers. And also, <laughs> it's so difficult. You don't have to run to them all at once, but what makes it easier <laughs> is running towards them with compassion. I've That's why the compassion is so important. Image of you running. <laughs> I know. I'm being like, I really totally don't want to go. <laughs> don't make me do this. But it's it's amazing how like we have this such a, such a strong self preservation instinct, don't we? Yeah. To like keep ourselves away from from our triggers, like even though my higher self knows mm -hmm. that ultimately it's not good to run away from them. Just how I I know that when I feel these painful feelings I know it's not good to 
shrug, like to, to, to put them in a box and not sit with them. But it's amazing, like how as humans, we just like, just try and like keep ourselves on survival track Literally. and we're like, you just need to, yeah. Most people are just in survival mm. mode. They don't, mm. they don't want to step out into the discomfort to and thrive. it's scary because yeah. if you pick one, scary. Th- one thread, the whole fucking dress can come undone. And it's like that, yeah, like I... I when when you're saying this stuff and it's like and I realize I did not deliberately step onto this path like yeah. of of learning this stuff like I feel like you'll have seen like well, I'm, I'm sure you've seen on Instagram that Jacqueline the coach that I work with that we just we have on the podcast and we love her yeah I felt like I was forced to go and see her by my life like I was confronted like I just mm-hmm. was like if I don't do something mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like a choice it wasn't like I'm gonna go and start healing 1, my shit it was just yeah. like. I, yeah. If I don't heal, if I don't work through this now, it's just going to get on top of me and I'm just not going to survive 1, it. So, and then subsequently, like, I feel like that was the first part of it for me. And then, and that was a very practical learning, which was like, I have to, I just have to get on top of everything. And I, it's like, I had to sit, like make a system. And then more recently this year, I have come at everything with a lot more compassion. I felt like I, I couldn't bring compassion last year. I had to be practical. But this year I've had like, and I haven't done it with anyone. I've mostly just done it by following you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there by your side. Yeah, yeah you, 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 you have no idea probably how many people you're doing that for. But like I, yeah, I've had to come the, uh, and we've talked a lot on this podcast about the trolling that we've, that I've had this year. And so much of that compassion has, has had, so much of my making peace with that has had to come from finding compassion for myself and for the fact that, well, you know, all the things that I'm in, because sometimes when people say something mean to you or about you or whatever, it hurts because it is true. Yeah. And sometimes it's stuff that is out of your control. Yeah. Like, so, like there's, there's this one person we've talked about before who just thinks I'm so stupid. Mm. And I'm like, sometimes it's going to be really easy to prove that I'm not the brightest bulb in you the are, box. I'm, in lots of ways, but I'm shit at spelling and stuff like that. And she loves pointing that out. Right. And I can't, and this is just a really basic example of this, but I can't do anything about that. I, I'm a shit speller, right? Yeah. And sometimes you just have to sit with something and be like, well, it's true. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But if other per- the other, or it's like, you've got a big nose or you've got this or, you know, whatever. It's, it can be something that is objectively true that somebody's saying. Yeah. But there comes a time when you can sit with it and you can think, yes, it's true. Yeah. I'm going to forgive myself yeah. for being shit at spelling. Yeah. And we're just going to feel really sorry for that person that she's so bothered that I'm so shit at spelling. And I'm using yeah. that as a bad example. Yeah, but that's it because you own it. You've yeah. owned it. But that's the compassion side. And I think that's the thing that's really, really scary for people with the starting. Because if you do start one bit, it's not really enough just to do a little bit. You have to do all of it. Yeah, but I think just take it a day at a time. And like I was just saying to Alex before, it's like it reveals itself when it's ready. And some people will go their whole lives and they won't get, they'll get to 60 and then they'll be ready. And it's like some people, people are starting much younger now because of social media and people talking about things like this, which is fucking amazing. Back in my day, <laughs> what was just like 10 years ago, back in my day, like we didn't have, I didn't even like, I remember trying to find a, a counselor and like having to go on Google and find one in my area. And I went into this weird room with this guy and I was, sat there and just cried my eyes out and told him everything about my eating disorder that I'd had for most of my life and most of my like my teenage years and adulthood and like he just sat there and was like he said something like I just think that you are 
too attractive to have an eating disorder. <gasps> yeah, that's what he said to me. He was like, I just can't, he couldn't get his head around it. He was like, I don't understand why you're insecure. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. And I just, it was so hard to be in that moment and be met with that. And I was like, uh, and there was nowhere to turn. Nobody would listen. There was nothing online about it. That was the, that was the time in social media where Instagram just started and I was try busting my ass trying to be an Instagram model. That was like my, my purpose at the time. I was like, this is it. I'm going to be an Instagram model. I edited all my pictures. I warped my body. Like I, I had the Photoshop before everybody else had the app. So I was doing it way ahead of time. And, you know, back then there was, n- there was no support. I couldn't find it. As hard as I looked, there was nothing. No one was talking about it. No one was doing this work. Or if they were, it wasn't on my radar. And I felt very alone and very lost. And that's why it's so good now because yes, you pull the thread, but there's people around you to support you. There are people talking about it. There's so much on YouTube. There's meditations on Spotify. There is free support. There is, there's just a lot of resources now. So if you start to pull that thread, you're going to be okay. And actually, like when you say running away from the triggers and stuff and run towards them, the reason why we run towards them is it might be, just, it might be uncomfortable, but they hold the, the key to your growth, your liberation, your expansion. Like they literally, your triggers are standing there as ugly and as, as shadowy as you, you might find them. They are holding the key. And once you move through that, you then get to access so much more life, so much more just opportunity and love and expansion and it's worth it. Can I ask about, um, you mentioned it right at the beginning, about forgiving your past self yeah. for the bad things that you've done. Because mm. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And like I know, I mean, it's actually obviously a massive part of like the 12-step program is like, is forgiveness. And I feel like there's a, a lot of, I mean, I don't know the, the history of that, but like the spirituality and forgiving everything and whatever. But we are so mean to ourselves and we do beat ourselves up so much for, for so much. And I just don't know how alone you can sit and forgive yourself for past things that you've done. Like, I think, you know, it's, I mentioned the 12-step thing because obviously you have so much support during that time and that's a huge part of your journey. And I think that that it's important to recognise that it is a huge part of any healing journey. But how do you do it on your own? Like, how do you sit and forgive yourself for what you've done? I think you have to understand that you're not born all-knowing. None of us are born like all-knowing. No, we don't, human experience doesn't come with a manual that says do this be like this this is the way to do everything get it perfect get it right like the whole point of coming to this earth as a human in a body is that we get to fuck up make mistakes and learn and grow and I really think the whole point of our existence is to learn and grow like when you get to the end of your life and you are on your deathbed it's like who did you become from the moment you were born We spend our childhood a lot of the time in this unconscious state when we grow up and then being told that we're not good enough and we we have all these fears. And then we spend our our adult life, I believe, or whenever we start, undoing all of those fears, unlearning them, coming back home to the truth of who we were when we were born. So it's like we go through this, like, we're born, we're super connected to love, we're super connected to the truth, we are super in our power, we are expressive, we are expansive, we are playful, fun, all of the things that we came here to be. And then the ego comes in and we start to lose ourselves and lose ourselves and lose ourselves. Then we're like, who the fuck am I anymore? And then the the path of finding yourself again begins. And it's like, can you allow yourself to have a messy, imperfect and very beautiful human experience? Like this is the human experience. We didn't come here to be perfect. We didn't come here to get it all right. We came here to fuck it up. 
We came here to learn, stumble, grow and expand. And forgiveness is such a key part in that. This world needs more forgiveness. It needs more gentleness. It needs more compassion and grace and empathy. And one of the reasons why we're in the situation that we are in the world is because people are disconnected from love. They are so lost in their ego. They are so lost in judgment of other people. They are so lost in pointing the finger and blaming everyone else and not taking accountability for themselves. That's why we're in the pickle that we're in. And we are in a pickle. We yeah. are in a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole world needs shadow work. That's what I believe. You've done a lot of shadow work. And for other people who have also done a lot of shadow work, mm. how is it then possible to have relationships with people, have stable, enjoyable relationships with people who haven't done any and whose shadows are still very much present and mm -hmm. dark mm -hmm. how does that relationship then work and, and and like what do you advise people who are struggling with 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 this this dynamic now Ooh. oh god honestly it's hard because um when you've done a lot of healing on yourself and you're very self-aware to be in a relationship with someone who isn't willing to do the healing and isn't very self-aware it's not that one of you is better than the other one. Nobody's better than anyone else. It's not a superiority thing. It's not a holier than thou thing. It's not, I'm better than you. I've done more work than you. Um, one of my old coaches said this on a, on a workshop. She was like, if two people are in a relationship and one of them has met themselves here and one of them has met themselves here, then that's as deep as the relationship is going to go. And this person is going to feel that frustrated because this person's not going to meet them there. And that's my experience. And it's like, that's why I'm single. <laughs> Still single. <laughs> so For three it, years. There's yeah. not necessarily like a perfect answer to that. No, still, it's, it's like you want to meet someone who's on your depth, right? Yeah. Who's met themselves as deeply as you've met yourself, that understands life in the same on the same level that you understand life, that can... And I believe in a relationship. For me, what I value is the um, calling each other further into our depths, further into our power, further into our healing as a journey, not as a, a thing that nobody's going to come into your life and be perfect. Nobody. I'm not perfect. They won't be perfect. It's the willingness to go within and do the work. It's the willingness to constantly self-reflect and show up from the most vulnerable, honest and open place with an open heart. It's not to be perfect. It's just honestly just have an open heart and be willing to learn and grow. That's it. And if someone's not willing to learn or grow, then they're already cut off from the relationship growing, if that makes sense. So for me, on a personal level, I couldn't because it's frustrating. And I think that's when people outgrow people. And that happens a lot in relationships. You know, one of them will go on a bit of a spiritual journey or they'll go to find themselves and they'll discover things about themselves. And the other person will say, I'm not interested in that. And then that's when you hit a road and you go, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not sure if you're right for me. And that's okay too. Learning how to, I say to live with an open hand. It's like let things come in and out of your life without grabbing onto them. They will come and they will go at the right time, in the right moment. If you can just live like that and just say, okay, if you're not right for me right now, let it go. That's so Something peaceful. Something better will come. So peaceful. <laughs> on a, sorry, I'm like quizzing you all these okay. like questions. But on a, like, so on a practical level, if you're with someone like, I'm thinking of an example, like back when I was a teenager, probably older than that, I used to say like not very nice things about women. Mm -hmm. And when I'm around people now who say not like negative things about women now, it's obviously extremely jarring, but I, I feel 
I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do. Yeah. What is your advice for those situations? Do you think that's um, a moment for like... Mm, I do. Oh, yeah, okay. My Aries energy is like, (laughs) say something. (laughs) But I think as well, it's again, we come back to compassion. We come back to non-judgment because we've we've been people who have Mm. been mean about other women. We know how that feels. We know where it comes from. We know that it's very much a cultural thing. It's like been like ingrained in us to, to act that way. We learn it from our mothers. We learn it from our magazines. We learn it from the world around us. It's conditioning. And it's like, how could you come at that and be like, hey guys, like, let's just hear ourselves right now. We're talking quite meanly about this person. And I think we can do better than this. Like, I think that we are better than this. And I think coming at it from a place of like, I'm, I don't bitch about women anymore and you still do and you're wrong and I'm right. Like that's yeah. what, that's what isn't going to work. People are going to get defensive. But if you can be open-hearted and non-judgmental and call people into their power and be like, hey, we have a choice here. Can we do better than this? Yes, we can. Let's make a new choice. That then gives people a chance to like self-reflect and be like, do I actually want to say these things? Do they feel good? Because they don't. Like they don't, they have an emotional payoff in the moment because we get this false sense of connection when we bitch, when we gossip, right? We get this false sense of like, oh, she hates her too. And we all hate her in this room. And that feels really good. My, my self-worth feels really strong now. And, but it's, it's a false sense of satisfaction and connection. It's not real. I was about that this morning. It's really weird how we want to hate other, and I know it's because we've been conditioned to, but even with that, it's still fucking weird. Yeah. But like we, we see a woman we just the fact that we're looking for things. We are always looking for things not to like. Yeah, yeah. And it's I, active. It's act. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, we're not being wronged by people. We are deliberately wait, looking for and waiting for somebody to fuck up or do do wrong or yeah. wrong us or whatever. And I actually find it. I was really trying to think about it. I'm, I'm having a lot of deep thoughts at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I was like doing my teeth. I think it's fucking weird because you're having a child. Yeah, <laughs> it's making me like look at the world funny. Yeah, but. Yeah, I do, I, that really stresses me. But that must just be, we're all just in, in the shadows, right? Well, I think we can just observe it as like, you know, if, if any behaviour comes from fear, it's a shadow behaviour. And that's just, it's cool to look at it that way. It's actually really liberating to see that. Mm. It's like, oh, that's my shadow. But it's also <laughs> kind of nice to feel like your purpose is like, if everybody's in the shadow, like your role, like... Megan Rose Lane Instagram account it's <laughs> like it's pulling people out of it and it's like and, and like putting a light on everything isn't that so nice well, I like to so shine cool? a light on it they have to pull themselves out I can only shine a light this is where the martyr shadow comes in it's like I'm not doing anything really other than holding up a mirror and mm. some people will not look in that mirror and they won't see it and they'll go what the fuck is she on about I'm whatever I don't want to know and some people will go oh fuck and that's the that's the goal the oh fuck that's what I'm here for yeah mm. You're smashing it. Thank you. you I could have talked about this for about 45 years. I know. I know. Oh my God. I know, I'm really sad. It's been time. really nice to talk about it. I don't think I've ever had such a big conversation about it. And it's really nice after years of doing it to actually fully just speak on it. It feels good. I think this is going to be so oh fuck for so many people. Yeah, I, I do as well. I, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, but then it's a bit like, then I feel, I feel sorry for everyone listening because they'll be like, Shit, I have to stop. I have work to do. (laughs) But it gets to be fun. It gets to be fun. For people who have the means to afford a coach and and, Mm -hmm. and some professional help, where do you suggest looking? Mm. Do you know what? I think Instagram is such a good place to find people. Personally, I found all of my coaches through Instagram and word of mouth. Ask around people who you might know that have done work that you want to do, people who inspire you. 
maybe ask them. Yeah. If you see someone, they're like, you're like, oh, I like that person's energy. I like what they're doing with their life. I, I feel like my, your soul knows, your intuition knows. Um, so just like DM them, ask them like, hey, do you have a coach? Or if you see a coach that you think you like, yeah. um, that, that specializes in this kind of thing, then like go for it, like message them, find out, uh, you know, how much they cost, see if you can get like an intro call with them. Um, and then, yeah, do a little bit of research because it's not easy to throw money at something. And then, you know, I've had coach in the past where I've been disappointed. I've been like, wow, that was expensive. And I did, I, I made that quite impulsive decision to go with this person and it's not been what I thought it was. So yeah, do a bit of research. Do some research, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And for people who can't afford, or who don't have the means for professional yeah. help, um, what do you have any resources, like mm -hmm. any books or any like YouTube channels that you really rate? There's a lot of people that do workshops and things that are more for like groups and, and I do workshops as well. So it's like you can access those for like 40 quid or like 22 quid. There's a lot of like affordable ones. And then uh, most coaches who offer coaching will also offer lower priced, lower tiered things for people to have access to. Um, then there's YouTube. I mean, I did a lot of learning about inner child work on YouTube. Um, okay. I would also, I would always check the credibility of the person that's talking about it, the comments underneath, see what people got from it, like if it helped them. Um, and then a lot of meditations that I do on like Insight Timer I use um, is a great meditation app. And um, there's a book that, oh, I can't remember her name, a psychologist just released called, is it called How to Do the Work? Or like, um, it's like a journal for people who want to start looking within themselves. Okay, nice. The holistic psychologist. I know that she can be a bit of a, um, a, a people have angrily messaged me for following Same. her. So I'm not sure what the, I actually haven't looked into any of that, but I know that she does amazing work helping people with the inner work. Yeah, so she's just released like a book on, like a workbook. So something like that is a, probably a really good place to start. I've checked out the reviews and stuff. So um, it looks good. So things like that. If you go dig, I, I always go digging for stuff. Like if there's something I want to look at, I'm interested. In, I'm just like on Amazon, I'll buy a few books and you can start for next to nothing really. For 20 quid, you can start. I've bought a few books that you've recommended, but because I have an aversion to reading for some Literally, reason, I, see I struggle. I M reading and I'm like, how do you do? She's like, I've just finished another book. It stresses uh, it took me, me an hour and a half. Out. <laughs> something wrong with me. There's definitely something wrong with you. I don't know how you have time for books on social media. I'm like, where does she? I don't though. That's it. If you notice... If I've ever been really quiet on social media, it's because I've read a book. Ah, uh, okay. Like on a Saturday. Right. I like Saturday, I don't go on Instagram. Do you read a whole book in a day? Yeah, I would do, yeah. Do you read fast? Yeah, super fast. And then at like night, that's probably my most asked DM. It's like, how do you read so fast? I'm like, I don't know. You're one of those, like, it's, it's like a super superpower. But it's like a hyper-focused scanner reader. I cannot watch TV. Yeah. I like, I can't, I find TV, I can't watch films. And yeah. I'll watch a film and then I'll finish the film. Mm -hmm. And then someone will be like, hey, have you seen that film? And I'll be like, no. And my brother will be like, literally just watched it yeah like, it same. drives everyone mad but that's amazing because I feel like social media has been so distracting for my brain that I used to sit same. down and read books all the time like I would finish one in a week like a normal person <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's but, my like, standard <laughs> like that's what I'll that's, that's what I'm working towards yeah. most weeks I feel like I can't do it anymore I stare at the page and my mind's somewhere else and the words have gone into oh, emotion it's a massive relief for me to put a book to put my phone down and pick a book up yeah I love I, that yeah so I do it at night time like, I have to read my 
read my book before bed. Put my Lumi light on. Oh, I love Lumi light. Put my Lumi light on and read my book. Wholesome shit. <sighs> love that. that is wholesome shit. Yeah. Yeah, because I just I don't I'm not in the I'm not in the business of watching what everybody else is doing anymore. Yeah. Like I just I don't care. I just I want to sit at home and yeah. read my book. Have I you read wanna... Stolen Focus? No. Oh, that is it, book's is it, is amazing. It it's about I can't remember the 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 author's name. I'm so forgetful, but like I think it's called Johan Hari. Ooh. Amazing. And you know what? I haven't read a book from start to finish in years because I just find, I pick them up, open them on random pages, take yeah. bits of inspiration. But like this book, I couldn't put it down. Really? Yeah, the, the, sub, the subheader is why you can't pay attention. I'm going to buy it for yeah. you right now. <laughs> oh, Alex, you'll love it. It's amazing. I had a lot of yeah. oh fuck moments in that book. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I just don't I trust myself read to read like it, that. but I'm going to buy it. But if I could read it, I think you can because you I might you. Yeah. Okay. I was hooked. Give yourself the... Do you know what happens Dave's though when you're reading it? You wanna, you're going to want to delete all your apps and stuff. Really? Yeah, because you'll, you'll read it and be like, oh my God, my brain's being fried. Could you fried. read it just after I've had the baby? Because it would be... Like, <laughs> that's fine. I don't care if you want to like fuck up your life when I'm off work. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to do it before, it's going to be a bit inconvenient. And delete all the apps. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, she's quit. <laughs> I, am, I am unstable enough to do that as well. Um, <laughs> I live in fear. <laughs> Thank you so, so we're going to leave those links to the books in the show notes and we'll leave a link to your Instagram account as well. I am sure a lot of people listening to this will already follow Megan because we both share your stuff a lot. But also if you don't, please go and follow her. Oh, thanks. Um, Thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you. This feels very like cathartic to have this conversation and I feel like it's been really nice to talk about it and um, hopefully there is some OFOX, so... Will you come back again? And yeah, yeah. Will you come back? One thousand percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and, and we'll go deeper as well. Not to end on a really. Yeah, oh, we can Christ. talk about death. Fear of death is note. a big one. Yeah, and that's yeah. something I'm super interest, interested about about your work on that. So you've got to come back. There you yeah. go. We've roped you in part Yay. two. With <laughs> Lane. Thank in. you. Thank you. Bye. Should I delete that? Is part of the ACAS Creator Network. 